0: You're listening to Industry Iowa, presented by Cirrus, the Center for Industrial Research and Service. Here's your host, Stephen Wilson. Well, hello. This is Steve Wilson with the Industry Iowa podcast, a podcast by Cirrus, uh, to help Iowa businesses and communities prosper and grow. And my guest today—it's it's an interesting interesting one here because uh, I have Mike O'Donnell with. Uh, with Cirrus, Mike is the MEP. He's the program director for the Manufacturing Extension Partnership program at Cirrus, and uh, and also he happens to be my boss. So it uh, makes makes for interesting conversation. But uh, Mike, thanks for being a part of uh, Industry Iowa podcast, and want to welcome you. And since you are with with Cirrus, uh, I do want to ask you to just uh, give a, a little hello to your for yourself, and then. Uh, Tell maybe some of our listeners aren't aware of of what Cirrus does, who Cirrus is. So if you can talk a little bit about that as well.
1: Sure, Steve, thanks for having me. Excited to be on the podcast here. So for those that don't know about Cirrus, our job is to make industry in Iowa better. We do that through education, research, and technical assistance in just about anything you could imagine. Some of our specialty areas are typically small to medium-sized businesses. And then also within that, manufacturing. So, about two thirds of what we do at Cirrus is manufacturing. And what we really focus on is helping businesses understand where they are, implement change to solve their biggest problems, and then sustain that change so that they don't go back to where they were before.
0: And then, your role, particularly at Cirrus?
1: So, my job at Cirrus is to lead our manufacturing extension partnership team. And really, that falls into two categories. One, helping make sure that we understand, know and support manufacturing here in Iowa. And then two, working with our partners and stakeholders throughout the state and country to make sure sure. that we're all working in the same direction and we're supporting each other to make sure manufacturing gets what they need.
0: And you've been with Sears how long, Mike?
1: I have been with Cirrus for thirteen years. Started out as a project manager, delivering services in the supply chain world, and then I have been in this role for eight years.
0: Years, all right, excellent. And it's been an exciting time. Uh, I mean, I've I've been with Cirrus just a little over uh, over two years, but I'm familiar with it really about ten. But it's it's an ex- I think it's an exciting time to be a part of of Cirrus and the work that Cirrus is doing right now.
1: It's, it's exciting and it's fun and it's challenging because uh, we've got lots of different things happening to manufacturers today, right? And they've, they've been hitting for five to 10 years where you've got changes in, in globalization priorities and how, how countries and people and businesses work together. You've got changes in technology and we've got a change in who and what the people are. That are working in manufacturing. So all that coming together makes for real challenges for companies and it makes it for fun challenges for us to figure out how can we help companies navigate these changes.
0: Uh, one of the things, and we recently um, had uh, a, a staff meeting, uh, MEP Cirrus uh, staff meeting. Uh, Mike, as, as you look, just reflecting back on that time, what were some, maybe some, some exciting things that came out of that or just uh, you know, maybe again, identifying some of those challenges that that Cirrus is is um, uh, positioning themselves to to really address going forward.
1: So, me being somebody who loves being around people, one of the exciting things is is we're we're back around people again, and and we've been doing it for a while at Cirrus, but more and more across the state, we are seeing companies, people out back together again. And and that alone, in, in my mind, that's how you create real connections, that's how you create real change, is building those relationships with people and connecting. So whether it's our Cirrus team getting together or some of the larger events that we've started to, to have people come to again back in person, that alone is, is what really excites me. When, when I look at what we're doing at Cirrus and where things are going, is more and more the ability to work together within Cirrus, to solve the hardest challenges that companies have. When we have so many moving parts where you're trying to solve your workforce issues, plus you're trying to make sure you're going after the right markets, plus you're trying to make sure your supply chain is ready for changes that you might have. Trying to balance all those together isn't something one person can do, and it's not something one person at Cirrus can help you with. So it's more and more work together bringing our different perspectives and experiences to companies to help them figure out those real hard challenges.
0: One of the things specifically I know that we wanted to talk about today was this this uh, it's the uh, the uh, manufacturing needs assessment, right? And it's my understanding that this is done every couple of years. And so uh, did, did did one just complete? Did we just complete one?
1: Yeah. So we just released just last week our 2021-2022 manufacturing needs assessment. And what this is, this is our fourth time doing so, and we do it every other year. So we've been doing this for eight years, and it's really a three-part process. And what you see in that needs assessment is the first two parts. So first we do a survey of manufacturing executives throughout the state of Iowa. Then we take all that data and information we get, and we put it back out in front of manufacturing leaders to say, here's something that we're seeing. Tell us a little bit about what what you think about that. What do you think this could mean? Here's what we think it means. Uh, Do you have any other ideas? And and we put that out in front of executives, in front of stakeholders, in front of functional experts, and, and really pull together what we really think is going on in Iowa manufacturing. And then we'll publish that in the February, March timeframe of every other year. Once we finish that process, it really moves into the next step where we start talking openly about, you know, given these are the needs, given this is the state of industry in Iowa, where do we want to go? What are the things we, as a support structure across the state, need to be working on to make the state better?
0: So uh, this, this most recent one uh, released, what were some of the, the, the findings that, uh, that came out of those?
1: So the the first question we get almost every time we talk about the needs assessment now is how do companies do through the pandemic? Mm -hmm. And we found a couple of interesting things. So first of all, companies, when you're talking profitability, return on sales, it's maintained generally flat profitability on average across businesses over the past two years. And it really hasn't changed dramatically. Ever since we've been doing this survey and more or less about half the companies in Iowa, half the manufacturers in the survey report a return on sales of over 10 Mm percent and about half return report a return on sales of under 10 percent, which is pretty much what you would expect in a manufacturing environment. One of the things we've seen, and again, this hasn't changed because of covid, which is in itself a good sign and a bad sign, is that. Larger companies, so companies in that 100 plus employee range, are much more likely to have a profitability over 10%, mm-hmm. and companies who have under 100 people are much more likely to have a lower profitability or to be losing money. So, Is that really the, an existing trend? That That's a trend that we've seen for, for several years, mm-hmm. and it really hasn't shifted. And and the good news is COVID didn't necessarily make that much worse. It, it generally stayed pretty similar. So uh, the now side of COVID is manufacturers are coming out of COVID in terms of profitability about where they were going into COVID. The One of the areas that, that we found very surprising was a significant drop in how companies are managing their growth over the long term. So when we look at companies historically, developing new products was an activity that uh, isn't as high as we'd like to see it in Iowa, but is a major component of what companies do. And it is a major component of growth strategies for manufacturers here in Iowa. Through the pandemic, we saw that drop significantly. So historically, we would see a, a rather significant portion of companies release new products. It would be in the 75 to 80% range. This time, it's more in the 60% range, 55% range. So uh, that has dropped considerably. And one of the questions we had when we started to dig into this a little bit more was, is this cash conservation? Right, our companies saying because of the uncertainty, we're going to pull cash back and we're not going to invest into things. But when we look more and more at our data, we see that that probably wasn't the case because companies were investing in technology, companies were investing in people, companies were were doing other things that indicated that they were still spending capital like they normally would. It just wasn't on developing and releasing new products. So. When we went out and had discussions with companies, we ended up finding kind of three root causes that are driving that. So first is that companies prioritized the new stuff from COVID over product development. So people were having to deal with supply chain complexities, how to keep the people on the floor safe, coming up with new suppliers, putting putting, uh, safeguards on the shop floor and other things like that. So they took people out of product development and moved it into there. Second, as we've started to come out of COVID, companies have such high backlogs Mm -hmm. that their backlogs are longer than their product development cycle. So there isn't a need to develop new products because they can wait and develop them closer and closer to when they'll be able to produce them. And then third, this was one of the, the bigger surprises that we saw, is when companies are going down the path of producing new products they're having problems having suppliers being willing to produce and even quote new products for them. So we're just generally seeing, almost regardless of industry, there's one exception that I'm going to hit on, but companies pulling back significantly from releasing new products. The food industry continued to release new products at a similar rate, Mm -hmm. and the plastics industry wasn't very far behind. So both of those two industries – continued to release products almost like they had before. Everybody else really pulled back quickly. So typically, if we saw companies pull back on product development, that would be a concern. But when everybody pulls back, the concern really is, can you be one of the first ones back to developing and releasing products? So I think over the next year, as the supply chains become healthier, we're going to see companies start racing to get products out the
0: door. Kind of like when you were talking about that, I was just picturing a uh, uh, a game of uh, musical chairs. Okay, the yes. music started. Are are you gonna are you going are you gonna have a seat when it you know, yeah, exactly. Get back into the game there. Um, I I think it was in the last one, um, the 2019-2020, where uh, it was identified that the, the the I think it's 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 that Iowa manufacturers to remain competitive over the next three years three to five, was workforce, leadership, and growth, technology, and productivity. Has that changed at all? And if so, how?
1: So we always try to frame the the needs into those categories. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in the last couple of surveys, we've really tweaked what it what companies need under that. As we're coming out of COVID, as we're dealing with lots of global uncertainty, as we're dealing with supply chains that still haven't healed from COVID, we've had some pretty significant changes to what we think companies are going to deal with over the next couple of years. So from the workforce perspective, there's two things we want to continue to focus on. One is the transition from broad, necessary activities to try to attract people to Iowa and Iowans into manufacturing, Mm -hmm. to couple that up with company specific, actionable workforce solutions. Companies are ready to move. Let's start helping companies see exactly what could work for them and helping them make that one change that's going to move the needle rather than try to pursue lots of different things. So that's the first need. The second one is something that we we love watching happen and we love making sure that it is happening across the state is continuing to increase collaboration among businesses and stakeholders for workforce. Uh, These problems for workforce are way too large for a single company to solve on their own. So the more companies work together and stakeholders and companies work together, the better off everybody's gonna be. From the leadership and growth perspective. So if I'm the CEO, once I've gotten past my workforce issues, once I've started to say, I think I'm comfortable in my workforce, what are the next key things that we need to look at? First is better supporting leaders in in the uncertainty realm, right? Mm -hmm. Every decision you make has lots of different implications to it. If I'm deciding to buy a new technology for my shop floor, I need to worry about the supply chain for that technology, the supply chain for my parts. Am I going to get enough parts to keep that machine running? Do I have the right workforce? So suddenly what used to be a relatively simple question on the shop floor is now this big, cloudy decision process. And so support for leaders and executives in making those decisions is a huge step that we we all need to take. Two, we're going to have to start rebuilding the leadership pipeline. We've had a lot of people late in their career leave the workforce. And that is, I believe, disproportionately impacting the leadership in manufacturing. Uh And then the third one is improving supply chain connections. As the supply chains start to heal, companies are starting to realize, I need to rethink some aspects of my supply chain. And we know and you see this steve and your your visits with companies on a daily basis we have some really great capabilities here in iowa that happen to participate in different supply chains and companies just don't know each other so if you're a manufacturer in the uh, transportation supply chain there's a good chance you could solve a problem for somebody in the agricultural machinery supply chain and you're 40 miles away and you two don't know each other exist. And so, more work to help companies see each other here in Iowa as they start to make new supply chain decisions is going to help mm-hmm. improve the status of everything
0: across the state. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think, and, and there's some, some exciting stories of, of even where uh, I've been out in, in, in Northeast Iowa, there, we're seeing um, companies that um, are, are changing even what they're manufacturing. Uh, in an effort to all of a sudden become a supplier for someone else that was originally getting items from uh, overseas and so they they've identified new opportunities in new markets uh, now what they have to do is continue to remain strong and and consistent in their performance to ensure that they the the, uh, the, the new client new customer doesn't doesn't return to that uh, that previous uh, supplier, and uh, so I think, yeah, I think a lot of organizations that were looking for those opportunities um, uh, came out better um, uh, through uh, through COVID and and uh, some of those uh, supply chain issues. So yeah, I think
1: I think over the last twenty years, the challenge in in way companies competed with low cost countries was to be ultra specialized in a supply chain, to really, really know a single supply chain, to be the best in that supply chain. And that's that's how you survived the past 20 years. I think as we look for the next five to 10, the challenge is going to be, how do you remain strong in that one vertical? And then how do you supplement and not break everything when you start to expand into other verticals in in opportunities that that come to you that you didn't have for the last 20 years. That's going to be a challenge for leaders. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mike, who is this
0: uh, this report going out to?
1: Anybody who wants to read it. So it is up on our website to to read. Uh, Really, there's three groups of people that I think should look at it all from different perspectives. Uh, First, manufacturers, right? If you are a leader in manufacturing, pull up this report and take a look at, for example, what initiatives are being implemented and who's seeing value from them. Mm -hmm. So we track uh, what percent of companies are implementing 3D CAD, what percent are implementing 3D printing, right? And what what are people seeing in terms of value? So if you're trying to decide What do I need to do? Where do I compare to the rest of the state? This gives you some sort of baseline to be able to understand the difference. Second group is internally within Cirrus. This becomes our core that we keep going back to. When we say, what do companies really need? How are we going to continue to change and become more and more relevant to the decisions? Uh, this This is what we go back to on a daily basis. The third is if you support manufacturing, if you are in the finance industry and your clients are manufacturers, if you are in the logistics industry, uh, if you're an economic developer, taking a look at some of these top-level needs and what companies are saying are their key concerns and what's going to inhibit their ability to grow, that should help you better understand and frame your services to help manufacturers better.
0: In And talking in general, uh, and just to let folks know uh is our, our website, and uh, you can find that information and, and much, much more uh, there on the on the website. Overall, what is the state of manufacturing in Iowa?. The I know you Z- can, you, you, can, you can talk for for a long time on that, but uh, I could. and And
1: we've got. 30 pages of of discussion on that Uh, the the real state of manufacturing in Iowa is manufacturers have come out of COVID uh, and survived it. And now they're facing a new set of challenges that they really weren't expecting. So when we look at one of our questions is, you know, what's going to prevent you from growing over the next five years? That's changed dramatically from our past survey. So raw material costs have historically been right in the middle of the pack. It has not been something that has shown up on executives' radar as something that they need to worry about. That is now the top concern of leaders. Uh, Right behind that is availability of workforce. They're in, in pretty much a statistical dead heat. And then not too far behind that is labor costs and healthcare costs. And so where are manufacturers now? They're really struggling with understanding in this, this coming out of COVID world, what's the economy look like? What's their business model look like? What's the cost structure look like where they can be successful? And that's going to be a challenge that, that we're going to face for several years here as everything starts to rebalance in terms of cost and supply and demand.
0: Is there a particular Um, Is there a particular uh, category of manufacturing, size-wise, organizational-wise, that that has been impacted more, less? Uh, You're seeing greater opportunity. What are some things related to the size of the organization?
1: So one of the, the things that we find interesting is that it's not typically industries that do better or worse than others. It's not typically even whether you're a rural manufacturer or an urban manufacturer. uh, Those two types of businesses tend to perform similar and actually even report similar issues. The big gap is in smaller businesses. Manufacturers with under 100 employees are continuing to struggle to keep up. There is so much going on that as you get larger, while it's still extremely difficult, you have the resources to focus on many things at once. When you're a manufacturer that has, say, 80 employees, what that typically translates to is 10 to 12 in the office and the rest on the shop floor. And so suddenly, as a group of 10 to 12 people, you're dealing with Massive supply chain issues, having to reconfigure the way you hire people, having to deal with changing healthcare costs, having to look at salaried workforce and how do you retain those people, dealing with remote work and in-person work, and all these different challenges that are going on, and it's just too much. So what we see is those smaller manufacturers struggling to implement the initiatives that will improve those items, and. What's good about this though, is when a small company implements something, whether it's a productivity initiative or a technology on their shop floor, they typically see similar value to their larger counterparts. So if they can get the time and focus to fix something, Uh they will see results. The challenge is helping those companies see results.
0: So as we we wrap up here, thinking about it in in the context of Cirrus and MEP as a whole, how can Cirrus and another state's MEP kind of step step in there? What what role uh, is, is Cirrus able to play and, and MEPs in general?
1: What what you're going to see from us and continue to see from other MEPs across the country is. More and more work to help companies see, companies of all sizes, see what it would look like to implement change, right? Whether you're cons- considering implementing a cybersecurity program or implementing new safety programs or putting some technology on your shop floor that you haven't before, we can help you step back, look for other examples of that happening, right? And, and look for different ways to de-risk that going through the process of implementing major change in your business is hard. So let's look for different ways earlier and earlier in the process to reduce the risks of making those change, prepare you to make that change, and help you make it so that it sticks and you get the real value out of it.
0: Mike, thanks for, for being on, on the podcast. I know there are, there are, there's so many so much stuff uh uh, valuable information in in that document so I would again strongly encourage uh individuals to go out and to uh to take a look at that it again is at cirrus.aestate.edu and it's the manufacturing uh, needs assessment so Mike thanks so much for being on industry Iowa thank you Steve